In this episode, we have another unit dreaming special. We have two guests on here today to talk about a unit that you can run on Sijo, a Korean style of poetry. So let me tell you about the guests that we have on today's show. Dr. Lucy Park is one of the founding members of the Sejong Cultural Society, a nonprofit founded in 2004. As the executive director, she oversees all programs, including the Sejong Music Competition, the Sejong Writing Competition, and Sejo Education Programs. She has been very active in teaching Sejo to teachers, students, and adults throughout the U.S. for the past 15 years. She developed and compiled extensive reference material on the basics of English Sejo writing, Sejo samples, and teaching Sejo, which can be found at the Sejong Cultural Society's website and YouTube channel. She pioneered the Society's Sejo and Music Program, organizing concerts, and commissioning composers and songwriters to write Sejo music in a variety of musical genres. Elizabeth Jorgensen is a writer and teacher who hopes her most recent book, Gwen Jorgensen, USA's first Olympic gold medal triathlete, inspires young people to follow their dreams. If you didn't listen to our previous episode where Elizabeth was talking with her mom about that, you can absolutely go and check that one out. That is going to be at lindsaybethlyons.com slash blog slash one, two, three. And let me finish Elizabeth's bio for you here. She also published in Edutopia, Teachers and Writers Magazine, English Journal, and elsewhere. Learn more on her website, lizjorgensen.weebly.com. Now let's get to the episode. I'm educational justice coach, Lindsay Lyons. And here on the Time for Teachership podcast, we learn how to inspire educational innovation for racial and gender justice, design curricula grounded in student voice, and build capacity for shared leadership. I'm a former teacher leader turned instructional coach. I'm striving to live a life full of learning, running, baking, traveling, and parenting because we can be rockstar educators and be full human beings. If you're a principal, assistant superintendent, curriculum director, instructional coach, or teacher who enjoys nerding out about co-created curriculum with students, I made this show for you. Here we go. Welcome, Elizabeth and Dr. Park, to the Time for Teachership podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Do you want to start off, either of you want to start off sharing kind of the context, the impetus for the topic of our unit brainstorm conversation today? I can start. I'm a high school English teacher and everything that my students do in class, I try to find an authentic purpose for their work. So we send it off to a writer's market, a publication, a competition, a scholar, some, something, right, for, for our, our work beyond it being for a grade. And so I'm always looking for these opportunities for my students. And about a decade ago, I came upon the Shejong Cultural Society they host a variety of competitions. Um, they have an essay competition, and then they also have a Shijo competition. And I did not know what Shijo was, but just using the resources on their website, taught myself and shared it with my students. And I've fallen in love with the poetry form. And I just want as many other educators out there to know um, that this exists and to share it with, with them, just some ideas of how they might be able to use Shijo in their classroom. Amazing. And Dr. Park, do you want to share a little bit about how you came to either the Shijo or collaborating with Elizabeth or anything that feels helpful for, for listeners? Yeah, Shijo is a very short form, uh, form uh, poetry. So it requires uh, the syllable count and condensation of the idea in a very short uh, three-line poem. 
So it appears to be a very good tool to educate students and adults to think about uh, the economies of wars and uh, you know uh, express their idea in a very condensed form. And uh, so it is a very good tool for the education of communication skills. So um, when we started this uh, Shijo competition, uh, not many people knew about Shijo. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't know that the Americans uh, were writing Shijo in English. So I had to educate myself that we developed uh, the education program for the educators uh, to teach them how to teach Shijo to their students. And uh, during the course of our writing competition, we've been doing this since 2008. And then we, I noticed that uh, these uh, students won a prize year after year. So I said, she must be a good teacher. So I reached out to Liz and then we started collaborating. So it's been about 12 years that we've been working together and it has been a very uh, good collaboration. I learned a lot from Liz, how uh, she teaches students. It's not only she's a poetry, she is just an excellent teacher. So Thank you. Are, you're you're making me blush. Good. That's very kind. <laughs> so we're, we're having good time together. That's amazing. And I love this idea of the economy's words and, and really condensing ideas into the form, like into the format. I think that's beautiful to just think about beyond even writing poetry. Like that's such a cool skill to be able to develop. There's so much there. So we, we've been offering the, this uh, Shizou workshop for educators. And uh, there were several teachers uh, commented uh, on that. Uh, and the one uh, uh, was the English professor at the law school. And then she said, these lawyers have to really write their opinion in a very concise form. And the writing Shizou is the best way to teach them how to do so. So uh, actually, while we are doing workshop, we learn from the teachers a lot. That is so cool. So I'm, I'm really curious to know, like in either Liz in a unit that you've actually taught or, or Dr. Park and what you've seen in, in, you know, talking to educators in terms of how um, you, or even how you run the workshops, right? Like thinking about like how participants engage with this kind of idea. I like the idea of thinking of it as a unit that someone could listen to this and, and take and implement. What are, in terms of Dr. Goldie Muhammad's framework, where she talks about how, you know, we're really pursuing identity, like learning about ourselves and learning about others in terms of pursuing criticality. We're really trying to think critically about the world and the dynamics of power and pursuing joy and, and, and the joy that comes in writing and expressing and listening to poetry. Kind of what are those three pieces, identity, criticality, and joy that you see um, coming through kind of the, the Shijo poetry or in what ways would you kind of help people pursue those three things in a unit on, on Shijo poetry? Well, I think for me, like, why, why do I want my students to write? And it comes back to this enjoyment and not every day are we going to enjoy writing, but I want it to be this lifelong skill that they pick up that they realize, yeah, I'm writing for school, but 
I can be a writer in all of these other weeks, months, years that I have to live. Um, and I, I hope that that comes through, that they, they fall in love with writing as expression or writing as connecting. Um, and that can really, you know, lead them to be lifelong readers and writers and consumers. Um, you know, in terms of themselves, they can write about anything that they want in their shijo. And so I often start there, like asking students what's weighing on their minds or on their hearts. Like, what is that thing that they can't stop thinking about? That that might be a place for us to start. If we can explore why that's gnawing at them, why they're ruminating on whatever it is, um, that then we can use language to explore that or to connect with a person who's had a similar or different experience. Yeah, so when we first started Sejong writing competition, we didn't really think about, okay, we want to make everybody a writer or they uh, get the prize. But uh, we thought that in any profession, uh, good writing skill will make them go ahead. Even if uh, you are a doctor, engineer, or even in business, if you have a good writing skill. So we started with the essay writing. And then I came across the Shijo and I thought this is really good. Not only they can develop this writing skill, uh, the good critical thinking process to condense ideas uh, and with a good communication skill, but also there is a piece of culture the, from across the globe that we can teach uh, Americans. So we have multi-purpose in teaching Shijo. And it has been fun. In terms of the culture, kids are very familiar with haiku. And so that might be a place where educators could start. Like we all know haiku. Here's another poetry form. Um, but this one's from Korea. And, you know, it's just, I think it's an easy way to dive in. And then like Dr. Park is saying, introducing them to what's out there in the world. There's all of these poetry forms and we only know a real small sliver of them. Let's, let's learn another one today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about that even from the the perspective of condensation. Again, like Dr. Park, like you're mentioning, like what gets condensed. And so, you know, to to your point, Elizabeth, like I think, what do we teach as the types of poetry? Right? We teach limerick, we teach haiku, like we. And so, what is being excluded, right? And what can be recentered um, to change that narrative is almost to me. It seems like the inclusion of um, shijo as like a poetry form itself is kind of an element of criticality, of like critically thinking about what we include or exclude or condense um, from like all of the things that exist in the world and what we choose to put in front of our students. It's it's really interesting to think about that in like through the form. <laughs> And it's fun too, because you could do this in a day, or I will take sometimes as long as three weeks to study this poetry form. And so it, it leaves a lot of just wiggle room for educators if they have a day or if they have a whole unit, this, this could work in both settings. I really like all of, all, all of the directions of conversation that we could go right now. And so I'm wondering for like a summative assessment, let's say you do a three-week unit, right? Or a, a full unit on Shijo, what would be the project question that you think best kind of encapsulates those pursuits that we were talking about? And ultimately, I think the project would be, I mean, maybe not, but I think that ultimately it might be the poem itself that was written, but what's kind of the question that drives the writing of that poem? What ideas do we have? I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Is there anything so, that, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dr. Park. No, so you can just uh, write about something that bothers you and then that can relieve your stress. So it could be a good psychotherapy. And um, in old, uh, the, in old uh, Korean uh, the times, where the Shijo goes back to about 1,000 years. Yeah, Liz, I recently found a Shijo written by somebody 1,000 years ago. So um, at that time, uh, sometimes they use it as a communication skill. They didn't necessarily write it down. So somebody uh, wrote it down much later, but then if you look at the birthday of poets, it goes back to 1,000 years. So. Um, Often it was uh, done by like a high society uh, while they're drinking in, in, at a party. Instead of having conversation, <laughs> they would just uh, uh, sing shijo as a conversation. So they could ask question and then answer to that question. Or, uh, the, and then it, it the culture spilled over to commoners and the commoners, they use um, Hijo uh, as a satire to uh, mock the upper class or a lot of Hijo is about the love poem. You know, of course, yeah, they can, it is very commonly used even in Western style uh, poem, but also they express uh, things, the political issues. So, uh, I think maybe we can teach history by reading all the Shijo poem, and then also maybe the students uh, at uh, at this time can write some political issue, current issues into poems. So maybe hundred years later, our descendants will read it, and they say, "Oh, that was a problem at the time." So. Um, I guess it can be used not only in English literature class as a, just a poetry, because that gives a lot of like a stress at the beginning. Like, Liz, don't you see it? Like a yes. student say, let's write poem. And then they get, ah, I don't know. I, I'm not good at poem. I don't want to write a uh, poem. But then I always say, okay, what's happening around us? So just write it down. So, uh, or send a message to someone else. So it can be written on any subject. So this is a fun part of the shijo. The haiku is so short, so it's, uh, it's hard to uh, convey that kind of uh, message. I think you're right that students are afraid of poetry, but teachers are also afraid of poetry and they don't know where to begin. And so this is a place I think where people can say, okay, there's a form and there's also, I always, at the beginning when I was teaching Shijo, saying to my students, I'm learning alongside you. Like, I am not a Shijo expert. Let's learn this together. They really enjoyed that experience. Um, you know, and then I'm thinking the the emotional part of it is really key. Um, Dr. Park and I were presenting at a library and these women were writing their poems and getting emotional. And the same thing happened. We were at NCTE presenting on Shijo. And this teacher was writing about a student who just was still on her mind. And as she was writing and sharing just this release of emotion, you could just tell how powerful the experience was for her. 
Yeah, she couldn't read her seizure because she was just started sobbing. So Lisa had to read for her. So, uh, but this is a frequently used technique in psychology to write about your stressful uh, the event, and uh, and uh, that really improved uh, like a post-traumatic uh, disorders. So uh, they can just write a short essay or just a few sentences, but if they can condense into poem, that is even beautiful thing to do. I am thinking about so many possible like project questions. So like I wrote a ton as you were speaking. So like there's the kind of what bothers you like in this moment, right? As is kind of maybe like an entry point, and then there's like what like questions do you have what what questions do you want answers to like in the world almost like kind of like you were saying conversationally like then I'm thinking about the inclusion of those pursuits that you talked about like identity criticality and joy some of the things like you're talking about love you're talking about you know political issues and satire and and the joy and the emotion present in poetry I'm almost wondering if there's like a question that frames it as like and bringing in also that condensation piece of the form where it's like, what is the most important or, you know, what are the most important lines that you could tell the world about identity, criticality, or joy in this moment or something like, you know, like, I don't Brilliant. know. What you guys are I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, so another piece is uh, we, we just mentioned that most people are afraid of uh, writing poem, uh, but then when uh, so many teachers uh, who Taught teacher told me that when they uh, when they said let's let's write poem and they go oh but then she said oh, it's only three lines and forty five syllables and then they get they get very curious oh it's like a puzzle or mathematical uh, formula so they suddenly just jump up and then all perked up and started writing shijo. So they ask what, uh, to write one shijo and they bring three shijo. <laughs> and then, uh, so one of the uh, teachers said, this student had no interest in poetry or literature, but now he just started writing uh, shijo and then reading poems and even literature. So he said, this was a good introduction to literary work. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. And I think so much is is relevant, right? The, the kind of like the fear often, I think, is the length of essay writing or typical writing that we talk about. And so if it is short, that is a great entry point, but also the potential for what poetry encapsulates, like that idea of emotion or what is what is most bothering you or you need relief from right now. I think most people, particularly like adolescents, <laughs> you know, really want to talk about those things. And if there's a really short, like clear way that they could work on expressing that. I think that feels not only doable, but really exciting for students. Super cool. Oh, I love this. I've um, had so that experience. I would echo that it's, it really is true. And of course there's going to be kids that will say, I have nothing to write about or I'm stuck, but you know, just keep coming back to, we all have things that we're thinking about and being vulnerable as an educator as well. And sharing a little bit about, you know, I got into a fight with somebody before I left for work this morning and I can't stop thinking about all the things I said that I shouldn't have said, you know, like, and just kind of opening a door to say it's it's okay like we're all people we all have these things going on and one of the ways that we get through life is the arts poems essay you know th th that's why those things are there 
So uh, can I uh, read the, one of the winner of the Sejong writing competition? Yes, So please. the Shijo is uh, three lines and it's written uh, 45 syllables altogether. So the basic structure is uh, 15 syllables in each line and grouped in three, four, four, four. 3443543 syllable count in each line. So this is the uh, uh, winner of 2013 uh, Sejong writing competition. Roberto Santos was a 12th grader uh, who lived in Laredo, Texas, the border town. The title is Still American. They say go, return to land that I don't know. It makes no sense born and raised American. So Mexico is still foreign, culture kept, but this is my home, immigrant, no, Hispanic. So on his winner's statement, he said, it's amazing. I just wrote them what I've been thinking all my life and then I'm getting the prize. So, so he really condensed his idea and it, it is, um, beautiful. He, he kept his culture, but he's American um, and Hispanic, but not immigrant. So it, it is a very powerful statement. Thank you so much for reading that. I mean, I just like got goosebumps just, just hearing that. There's so much in there. Thank you. Sorry, Liz, you're going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, like, even sharing that with your students, like you can write about anything. And here's this one kid's experience who, although maybe we haven't had this exact experience, can we relate to it? Can we learn from it? What do we feel? What do we think in hearing this? And then what ideas are we getting based on this poem? Not to copy it, but just to be inspired by somebody else's art who is our same age. This is a little bit of a deviation from what we're talking about, but I just was listening to this podcast about, um, racialized emotion and how in history, for example, like we don't often look at the, like we look at like white folks emotions and even in like standards, there's this really interesting, like, um, this PhD researcher was looking at the emotions present in standards. And they, they often talked about white folks, like fear of like a group of people. Right. But there's never like, well, what about that group's fear of the white people in power? And like, so I just imagine something like this, even being part of a history class or something where you take these moments at uh, Dr. Park, you kind of alluded to this, right? That it, it has existed for so long. You can kind of look at these as snapshots and, and even take moments of current events, like you said, and, and look at that specific winner or the winners from the last decade, right? And, and just look at what are the emotions present and whose voice am I hearing? And whose voice am I not usually hearing? And like do kind of a criticality analysis of that using the poetry as, as the kind of primary source would be so cool. It would be very cool. And then I was thinking of, you know, I've obviously read all of the winners from the past couple of years and you can see swells in topics that correlate to what was going on at that time. Of course, the pandemic, right? Those years, well, I don't know if we're over it yet, but during the height of it, a lot of poems were about what people were dealing with those years. I'm wondering too, as a type of like publishing opportunity almost like, so you could, one opportunity would be, it sounds like to submit it for a competition. So whatever your students kind of create, you could submit it to the competition in other like smaller places. Do you foresee this as like a kind of read aloud poetry performance that students could perform? Is this like, we would publish this and maybe like a literary journal that the school has? What are your thoughts and like, what would be the best or possible All. ways? 
I've done it all. Um, so my students will write several Shijo and they can only submit one to the Shijo competition sponsored by the Shijong Cultural Society. And so every student will project on the board all of the poems that they're wor working on or like considering submitting and they read them out loud. And then we just talk about each one and I'll do just a vote. I'll say, okay, you are the judges. These are the four poems that you get. Which one are you voting for? And then the kids will all raise their hand and then we'll talk about it. And the poet gets a lot out of this experience. Like, oh my gosh, I never thought that poem was going to receive the most votes. Or a kid will ask a question like, well, I was going to vote for that one, but I was confused here. And then it will give us this opportunity for revision or dialogue. Um, so that's one way, right, where you could celebrate everyone's work, especially during the revision process. I've also put them together in a class publication and just have done it very simply, taken it to the copy room and asked our, we have like a, a woman who works in the copy area for us and just said, you know, I wanted this to be together in a book. And so she just stapled it very simply, but the kids really enjoyed it. We've submitted them to our school's literary magazine, as you mentioned. Um, and then one time I actually partnered with an elementary school class. My kids are juniors and seniors. And I worked with a fourth grade teacher from a different part of the state our students never met, but we worked electronically. So these fourth graders would write a poem draft. My high school kids would give them feedback electronically. They would work to polish it. And then we ended up putting together a uh, like an electronic book with readings, like the kids recorded themselves reading their own shijo, they illustrated their poems. And then we had that book available online for parents and community members. Of course, we posted it on social media. We shared it with our school board. I can send you a copy of it for the show notes if people want to see what we did. Um, but yeah, I think that the possibilities are really limitless, just as many as you can think of, run with it. Yeah, I know some uh, adult, uh, she's a poet who uh, submitted Shizo to, you know, poetry journal and uh, was able to publish in print as well as online. And uh, we organize Sejong writing competition. The eligibility is people uh, in North America, so uh, USA and uh, Canada. So the submission deadline is at the end of March. But we also have international, Sejong International Shijo competition, and everybody in the whole world can participate, including uh, citizens of USA and Canada. Uh, the submission deadline is at the end of September. And then for those who live in Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin and Sejong Cultural Society collaborates and we have Wisconsin Shijo competition. So there are three Shijo competition. And uh, there was a Shijo competition by Ohio State University. Uh, I don't know if they are still continuing. Uh, there was a competition by uh, Los Angeles Cultural, uh, Korean Cultural Center. Uh, I have to check if they are going to offer the competition again. So there are some Shijo competition. And uh, it's not just the writing. The, we wanted to continue our old tradition of singing Shijo. So we have organized uh, some uh, the song making. So we had uh, classical musicians to write music uh, with Shijo and as well as a hip hop group to write hip hop songs with Shijo. So if you come to our uh, website, uh, we have a Sejong Cultural Society YouTube channel. So you will be able to listen to 
their performance and watch videotape of the hip hop group called Elephant uh, Rebellion in Chicago. They sang Shijo into hip hop songs. So we, we would like to expand this project, but it's uh, it's been hard. So in a regular, like a poetry loud program, they usually read long poems. So they don't want to read only three lines. But uh, the Elephant Rebellion, they uh, the, the, is a group of hip hop musicians. So each one wrote Shijo and then they uh, took turn and then they used uh, the Shijo that I just read, uh, the Still American as a refrain. So they all uh, sang uh, Shijo with the theme of all this immigrant issue. So, I, so cool. yeah, I'm looking for hip hop musicians who can work with us. I'm just thinking of all the students who are musically talented, but may not be traditionally like seeing themselves as writers who would have a beautiful entry point either for writing their own shijo or to collaborate, you know, like let's do an interdisciplinary project where the music teacher works with the English teacher or something, you know, there's some sort of collaboration across different classrooms to kind of create something like that at the end that they create like a full song class-wide or something super cool that makes me think of the band teacher at my school was doing some korean music or music written by korean composers and he knew that i was into shijo and so he asked me to come in and all of his band students sat in the auditorium and i uh, presented to them shijo and said okay now let's try it and they all wrote their own shijo poems and then he published some in the program. So while parents were waiting for the concert to begin, they could learn about this Korean poetry form and then read some of the poems that were written by the performers. And so it's just, you know, another idea of what, like you're saying, cross curriculum um, opportunities. And then uh, in, in Korea, there is a tradition of combining poetry and art. So they write poem and then they draw the picture. So it is uh, in in one uh, piece. There is a Shizu poem written at one corner and then just a small drawing that represents the content of the poem. So art and uh, Shizu can be combined. So. I hope that Liz found that art teacher who is interested in doing that project at her school. Right? Yes, it's so hard. Like you try to find these hours to collaborate across disciplines, but it's like, it's it's very challenging. But yes, I did, I brought some, I, I actually showed the Shejong Cultural Society's website to my art teacher and said, here's how you can find all of the previous winning Shijo. This could be an inspiration for your art students. And so uh, now that APs are done, that's I think what they're working on currently so we'll see what what ends up happening with that collab it could be a good project for some more <laughs> yes that is amazing oh this is so cool and I'm thinking about all of these pieces too like the different artistic pieces both visually auditorily and also the the succinctness of the 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 form it also I think you had mentioned Liz that people had put things on social media like it lends itself very easily to publishing on social media because of the length and because of all of the artistic dynamics like that that in and of itself could be a really cool publishing format as well it sounds like yeah you know we tweet Shijo once a week so so far we've been tweeting uh, mostly the winners of the past uh, Sejong Cultural Society the writing competition. 
Amazing. We should link to that in the show notes. That would be really cool to see. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So this has been amazing in terms of just kind of thinking through all of what could be possible in, in teaching a shijo unit. I think as a hook, it sounds like it would probably be if you were to start this unit off with kind of drawing students in, perhaps asking them that question of like, what's on your mind, right? Like, what are the things that you can't stop thinking about? What bothers you? Is that how you would start them off? And then kind of where would you, if so, like, where do you go from there to kind of like teach the form or to kind of build that base of knowledge before they're kind of getting into um, maybe some looking at some different like cases or, or drawing or creating their own pieces. Yeah. I think you might, you know, allow them to talk about those things and then say that, you know, poems, like all forms of art, they capture and then they transfer that emotion to the reader. How will your poem do that? How will you capture and then transfer that emotion? And maybe even identifying what emotions do I want to work with? And, you know, they they can be negative or challenging, but they don't have to. They can be positive and uplifting, or it could be a range of emotion. And then I think, you know, you do have to talk about the form. So it's three lines. There's this syllable grouping in each line. there's syllable totals that we want and I'll show that and then sometimes kind of get the deer in headlights look like what is that but then once you show an example like the Roberto Santos example and that one fits perfectly with the syllable groupings the kids are they get it they're like oh I, I, I can do that and so building up that confidence in showing examples and part of what I love about Shijo is that you read them and you just get them it's not that type of poem that's so removed from students or that, you know, there's not like a lot of flowery or vague language. It's really just clear and it captures and then transfers that emotion. And so then um, I'll often give students a link to the website and say, go explore, read a bunch of different poems that have won in the competition and then come back with something interesting to say. And then that will build our dialogue. Some kids will have questions like, I don't get how this fits the form, or I noticed this here, or I can't believe this one was an honorable mention. It totally should have won first place. And, you know, it just then helps us talk more about what's expected. I love that there is a kind of like a, a library already of all of the existing posts from the competition too, to be able to, to share that link with students and let them explore. I'm wondering too, I often think of things like case studies, like we would do a gallery walk of like a certain theme or a certain topic or way that you would use it. Or is there any kind of, so far I've heard that there are kind of like topical, like immigration would be like a topic that you could kind of look at several that cover that topic. But then I also am hearing that there's kind of these like like different ways that people would use art. So here is a poem with music and here's a poem with the visual art. And I'm just wondering, are there any other groupings that you might think about sharing the poems with within kind of a category or group to students to show them like the different case case studies almost? Are you thinking of some, Dr. Park? No, I mean, our winners uh, wrote on subjects so a variety of uh, subjects, so white subjects. So uh, the one of the winner was Adapti. So she wrote about uh, that. Uh, another winner uh, wrote, apparently there's a dating web, so uh, the dating app. So if you turn right, then that's uh, good or left, it's bad. So can I read it? Swiping left, then left, left, right judging faces without a thought, 
seeking love that fills the heart. Oh, could you be my Mr. Right? Marriage bells ring left, right, left, right for the fifth time this minute. <laughs> so yeah, she won third place in uh, 2019. And uh, so, I mean, it, it, it just, uh, there are so many things you can write about. So during uh, the beginning of Me Too movement, there was a shizra about that uh, topic too. Uh, and uh, some uh, student wrote about his uh, brother who was a handicapped. Uh, so, I mean, there is no limitation of the topic. So at this time, we are just leaving it open. Any topic you, you, want, you want to use instead of limiting, okay, right, on this topic. It's anything poets write about. You'll see lots of love, lots of um, ones about family or relationships. Um, I had a student this year who placed as an honorable mention, and he wrote about secrets and just what secrets do to us. And, you know, it, really anything. And that could even be, you could say to kids, bring to us a case study. You'd say the topic, and then you find three or four shijo that fit with that, and then bring it to us. What do you notice? What are those poets doing? I love that because then they could. I just think about like inductive categorization as like just an activity, right? And they could they could come up with any kind of category, right? It could be topical. It could be exactly what are they doing within the form? Like how are they structuring this in a unique way, or or you know. Oh, so cool. Yes. I love that. And then idea. you could make small groups too. Okay. I'm hearing right. the you four are talking about love. Compare your poems. You yep. three have all talked about structure. Uh, what, did, what did you notice? I had, um, I showed my students first semester a poem where the title connected to the first line. The title was Absentee Parents. And then the first line of the poem was make excuses when asked why they aren't at your concert. So if you read it all together, absentee parents make their excuses when asked why they aren't at your concert. And then the many students were inspired by that idea. And actually the one that I was talking to you about, um, the one with secrets, he did the same thing. He then connected his title. Secrets create a bond between friends that transcends all other bonds. Now you don't, wouldn't read it again, but he wanted you to think about it. Secrets have power and can test the true character of a person. Secrets can destroy relationships before you even blink an eye. It's like, ah, you know? And so just by gathering those ideas, then they'll have others that will spark their own creativity. Hi everyone, it's Lindsay. Just hopping in here quickly to tell you about today's freebie for the episode. Liz and Dr. Park are sharing free copies of their book, Shijo, Korea's Poetry Form, and you can submit a request to have them send their book to you. To find this link, go to lindsaybethlyons.com slash blog slash 130. Back to the episode. I love this so much. And because they're so short, you can, you could look at so many in one class period. Like, it's not like you're just studying one really lengthy poem for like 45 minutes, right? Like, I, I love this idea. And I, I think there's so much in here for anyone who is, is unfamiliar. You, you both have just given so many concrete ideas that I think someone who's unfamiliar with Shijo could go and like teach a, a pretty coherent unit pretty quickly with the amazing information and ideas that you've provided today. So thank you so much. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to share? Yeah, so Liz and I edited a book. It's titled Shijo, Korea's Poetry Form. So it has everything about basics of Shijo history and uh, the teaching plan 
for the educators and many uh, the winners Shijo, past Sejong writing competition, winners Shijo with commentary by experts. So this will be the, uh, the, the reference for Shijo who wants to learn about Shijo. And it is available on Amazon. We also Thank are offering you. an online course for teachers. Um, and so if people wanted to, it's asynchronous, but we have some synchronous opportunities for people. And so if they wanted to take a course um, and learn a little bit more, that's also on the Shejong Cultural Society's website. I'll send you all of this. You can put it in the show notes. Um, people can also reach out to us. We would love to collaborate with more people, especially if you have an idea about music or art or whatever. Like we're always looking, the more people we can bring in, it's just, it's, enriched my life in so many ways. So in July, we have two-day uh, the virtual season workshop. So we'll cover all the topics. Uh, it is in, uh, this year, on July 18th and 25th, uh, on Tuesday, three and a half hours each. So uh, I can send you the information. By the way, the Shijo book, uh, if you are an educator, send us email at sejongculturalsociety at gmail.com, then we'll send you complimentary copy. And one of my favorite part of the books, there's a section called My Favorite Shijo. And so it gives a winning Shijo, talks about the student who wrote it, and then there's an analysis from a Shijo expert. And so I will actually share this book with my students and say, this is like the gem. This is, this is the gold. Read why this poem is effective from a Shijo expert, and then either counter it or agree with it or bring it back. And the kids, they learn so much in just reading what somebody else thought of the poem. It helps them analyze other poems and just gives them ideas or language. Oh, I never even thought I could talk about how the poem looked or that it used whatever, you know, and so that's, it's a really, it's one of my favorite sections. That is brilliant to include that. I was just thinking about, there's a book uh, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's cases and there's in the back is literally an appendix where someone goes in and actually just like from a lawyer's perspective analyzes it. And I'm like, that taught me so much more than like, reading any sort of history text. So that idea of looking into someone else's analysis, brilliant. I love that there's a chapter on that. And also insight into the poet, why they made the choices that they did, something that you might not know that then they can illuminate for you. Oh, brilliant. And I love that you all included like how to get in touch with you and how to get these resources. That was going to be my next question. So thank you for answering that. Um, yes, I, you can put everything yeah. in the show notes. <laughs> and I was going to say, everything will be in the show notes. If you're driving, don't worry. We have all of those links mm -hmm. for you in there. <laughs> yeah, so YouTube channel. So just a Google YouTube channel, Season Cultural Society. There are many lectures uh, by uh, the professors and Liz uh, Jorgensen, as well as some other high school uh, teachers and the uh, Season Music and everything. So uh, visit the Sejong Cultural Society website and YouTube channel. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dr. Park and Liz. I just so appreciate your time today. This was so inspiring. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for Thank having you. us on. If you're leaving this episode wanting more, you're going to love my live coaching intensive curriculum bootcamp. I help one department or grade team create feminist, anti-racist curricula that challenges, affirms, and inspires all students. We weave current events into course content and amplify student voices, which skyrockets engagement and academic achievement. 
It energizes educators feeling burnt out and it's just two days. Plus, you can reuse the same process anytime you create a new unit, which saves time and money. If you can't wait to bring this to your staff, I'm inviting you to sign up for a 20-minute call with me. Grab a spot on my calendar at www.lindsaybethlyons.com slash contact. Until next time, leaders, continue to think big, act brave, and be your best self. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.